0: Hello and welcome to a brand new podcast sponsored by Toro University, where we're gonna help you find a way to balance your Toro values with your chosen career. And joining us for episode two is actually Dean Moshe Sokol, Dean of Lander College for Men. Dean Sokol is gonna go through all things college related, how to make use of your college career, and how to actually decide what your chosen path is. So this is really helping us find your chosen career. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode the chosen career. Dean Sokol, can you uh, explain to me what exactly is it that you do here in Landon College for Men?
1: Well, as dean of the college, I oversee all aspects of the institution, academic, curricular, curriculum, faculty, uh, student life, um, and I am involved in the yeshiva as well, although Rabbi Sachs at Rosh Yeshiva, I and mean, oversee the Yeshiva program, but I'm involved in that as well, and work with students and do my best to make sure that every one of our students is educated, prepared for the world, and elevated in his spiritual and ruchniyistic life.
0: Amazing, so you went to college?
1: I should hope so, I would be <laughs> a pretty poor specimen of a dean if I hadn't gone to college. We just gotta uh, clarify, you know. <laughs> okay, so briefly, and starting earlier, I spent uh, seven years in the yeshiva of Philadelphia High School in Base Medrash. I learned in Yeshivas Itri in Yerushalayim where I got smicha, and I came back and I learned in Torah Vidas as well for several years. Um, I got an undergraduate degree with a major in philosophy and a minor in comparative literature at Brooklyn College of the City University of New York, New York, and then received my Ph.D. in philosophy from the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia.
0: Wow. Okay. So. You're, you're okay to be here then, it's good. I hope so. Good. So, it's
1: a little too late now to worry about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I have to say, on a, I've, I personally have come to you quite often, but like I would assume on a daily basis, students are gonna come into you very confused about the kind of career choices that they're gonna be choosing, because we're often here for two, three years, and you can go back and forth in the type of career. So how would you personally guide someone who comes into your office?
1: okay great question and in fact i am frequently uh, confronted with those kinds of questions so it's nothing new to me uh, of course i can learn and improve constantly as i engage with students over the years um, i would answer that question in two, at two levels one somewhat more theoretical and the other one very practical uh, from a theoretical perspective uh, i would say there are four Factors, or you might call them vectors, which in their intersection would drive a student's uh, decision as to what career to choose. And it's a very, very important career. Students, people change careers, they do, but the initial choice often sets one's life on a particular traje- trajectory. Uh, so the four um, factors, or you might call them force vectors, are number one, uh, what does a person want out of life? What is the person's that individual's conception of the good, what's really, really important to that person over the course of his life. Uh, so for some people uh, it might be he wants to spend as much time as possible learning. Uh, for another person it might be he wants to help people. What's, what values are really important to you that you identify with as you make your way through life? That's a general question. It's not specific to a career. But what your answer to that question is will play a role in what career you choose. And so just for example, I mentioned some people, who what really, what's most important to them is to sit and learn. They know they have to support a family, so they're going to go to work. But if learning is primarily important, then I would, that's a core value, then I would say, well, maybe law is not a good choice of a profession. Because if you are successful in law school and you get a, a job and a, big law firm, then you'll have very, very little time, not very much time to learn. So that would not be a career choice for you. Um, On the other hand, or similarly, let's say what's really important to you, as I mentioned, is to help others, to do good in the world as a part of your career. Well then, certain professions lend themselves to that, other professions don't necessarily. Uh, So somebody who is an accountant for a big four firm that in and of itself is not primarily focused on helping people, whereas a career, say, in psychology or medicine or something like that is focused on helping people. So one core question, one value um, that plays a crucial role in choice of career is what's important to me? What are the driving values in my life? What is the ultimate goal for my life? So that's number one. Number two, what are you good at? You need to figure out what you're good at. I mean, if you are really not good with your hands, I would definitely not recommend that you become a dentist. I certainly or a heart would surgeon. not. You're a heart surgeon. Exactly right. You can become a physician and become a psychiatrist. It doesn't require work with your hands. But in other words, certain skills are important for certain kinds of jobs. So you need to, number two, reflect about what you're good at, what your skills are. If you are awful with arithmetic, don't become an accountant. Uh, If you are fabulous in mathematics, well then maybe you can be an actuary. In other words, what you're good at also plays an important role in your job choice. Number three, what do you like doing? That's not necessarily identical with the answer to the first two questions. In other words, you may want to help people, but you may not enjoy sitting and talking for hours and hours and hours with somebody about his or her problems. Uh, You just may not enjoy that. and you may be good at it. I know somebody very, very well who's very, very good at uh, insight, understanding people, but he just doesn't enjoy spending so much time working with people over a long period of time. Requires a lot of patience to be a psychologist. For, I know you're interested in psychology. Be a lot of patience to engage, you know, week after week after week with the same problems over and over again. So somebody might be very good at it, and it might fit with his values, what's really important to him, he just may not like to do that. Or somebody can be great in math but not want to spend all of his time adding figures. Other things may be more important to him. So there's your core values, what you enjoy doing, what you're good at, and finally, and this is what people usually take first, and I don't think it's first, but it's definitely important, the practical question. Where are their jobs? How well do those jobs pay? Are they likely to provide enough of an income for you to have a Parnassa that you need to support your family? So those are very important practical questions. But just because there are jobs in a particular area and that job or that career pays well certainly doesn't mean that you should take that job or you should pursue it because it may not match up with your values or you may not enjoy it or we may not be particularly good at it. I know lots of people who decide, hey, I want to become a doctor. Oh, it's important, and I get a great job, and pay is great. But they're just not good at chemistry, and that's really, therefore, not necessarily a good choice. In my own life, by the way, I started in college. I was a philosophy major and also pre-med. And you did...
0: You did this. You at could the same do both time? at the
1: same time, sure. Interesting. Once upon a time, you needed 120 credits to graduate with no yeshiva credits. Uh-huh. So I needed 120 credits. This is before the era of yeshiva credits. Yeah. So I needed So I, I could take a lot of it. I took courses in, in anthropology and in comparative literature. I took a lot of different courses because you needed to take a lot of courses. Sure. And I, it, it really was great for me because I loved all these different fields. Yeah. So it was wonderful for a person with you done intellectuals. You no, I didn't. I majored and minored majored in philosophy and ended up minoring in comparative literature. Um, but I started as a pre-med, and I took a year of biology and a year of chemistry, and I did very well. But I was killing myself to do well. It, was not, it didn't come naturally to me. I, I, it, was, was, it was like running up a mountain. And, and I, although I was capable of it, I said philosophy and literature come naturally to me. I love it. i just like, it's a duck to water. It's great. Whereas biology and chemistry, I had to work incredibly hard to get the A's. And after a while, after a year of this, I said to myself, maybe that's telling me something. Like maybe I shouldn't be going into medicine because it doesn't come naturally to me, whereas other things do. So um, there are all these different variables, your core values, um, what you're good at what you enjoy and the practicality of finding a job in a field where they're hiring and where the pay is reasonable so that you can support a family. So these are four different factors that all need to be taken into account. Now, I don't think that the fourth one, the practical one, should be the driver of a person's choice. I think it's more of a sur rather than a seito. By that I mean it should be a if the practical considerations are not present, then even if all the other considerations are present, then um, you shouldn't pursue it. That is, if you can't get a job, I, there was a student I had who was very interested in getting a PhD in philosophy, something I personally like and did myself. But I, I advised him against it because the career track in the humanities is exceedingly difficult to pursue, which is not practical. Or a PhD in biology. Very hard to get a tenure-track position in biology and create an academic career out of it for many, many different reasons. So there needs to be a baseline, so to speak, of um, practical reality, but that's the baseline. That should necessarily be the driver of a person's choice. Just because there's a lot of money there doesn't If you don't like it, then <laughs> don't do it. You're so going to be spending a lot of time with it. I
0: was going to say, how important is the money in all of these aspects?
1: So I think a person should be honest with him or herself about um, how what lifestyle is crucial for that person's comfort. Um, somebody who grew up in a very, very wealthy home may be used to a certain degree of comfort and therefore may find it difficult to adjust to something less. Somebody who grew up in a home where there wasn't as much income may be used to less as far as satisfaction and comfort. Um, I don't think this is... From me personally that accruing wealth is an inherent value unless you see it as a means of giving sadaka or whatever, um, but I, I think it's important that a person's parnassa be enough to raise a family in reasonable comfort, pay tuitions and so on. Nowadays it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are all factors, but for me the practical considerations are the baseline there should not be the drivers of a decision. In other words, you need to make enough money to feel comfortable, and every person needs to assess that. I always think of the Mishnah Brewer, by the way, when he talks about the relative, Hilchah's Talmator, he talks about, and, and no, it's in arachaim where he talks about the chiv of learning, and he talks about the relative value of Tamatara versus earning a Parnassah, and he says, you know, people often fool themselves, and, oh, I really need all of this, otherwise I'm not gonna manage. He says it's often the Yetzirah talking. Uh, You know, it's a complicated question, and I don't mean to oversimplify. And you need to really look inside yourself to see what you really need for reasonable comfort. And, in fact, it could very well be that what you think you need, you don't really need. And that's often the case. But, again, I think that's really you need it, but that shouldn't be the driver of the decision. Drivers of the decision should be what's really important to me in my life. I think that's probably the most important factor. Then it's important to enjoy it and then it's important to be good at it. Now- Are there certain
0: things, though, that you would say you should compromise on? Like, let's say you know there's a higher paying job that you won't enjoy as much, but you need that higher paying job to sustain your family. Is that a compromise that you should be doing?
1: There is no, that's a great question, and there is no abstract answer to that question. It depends entirely upon the individual asking it, and that requires a probing conversation with the person. What do you really need? Do you really need it? What do you mean you're not so good at it or you are good at it or you enjoy it? If you don't enjoy a job and you're not really good at it, you're going to probably fail at it. So there are different levels of enjoyment. There are different levels of being really good and not really good. And there are different degrees of Parnassa that a person truly needs. So to answer that question in the abstract would be harmful you really need to get firm grip on, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your enjoyment level? On a scale of 1 to 10, what's your skill level? On a scale of 1 to 10, what part do you really need to be comfortable? Um, and, And then there are always going to be compromises and that's just the way it is. It could be that you're not going to be able to find a career that meets your core values in life and you're going to have to find other ways to satisfy them. And so if your core value is to sit and learn many, many hours a day and What you're good at it and what you enjoy and what you can find a job in may not allow you to sit and learn for eight hours a day. You may then need to compromise on the core value up to a certain point. Because if you compromise too much on your core values, then you're going to feel bad about yourself. Who am I? My life is not worth living. It's a very complicated question. That's why you can't really answer it in the abstracts. So that was uh, the theoretical side, yeah. which is very important. Yeah. But there are practical techniques for kit figuring out what you might like and what you might enjoy. And those are absolutely worth pursuing from a very practical level. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, um, if you're not sure whether you want to be, a, I don't know, an accountant or a psychologist, so the first thing to do is to speak to as many accountants as possible and as many psychologists as possible and really interrogate them. Get What's your life like? Do you really enjoy it? And by the way, accounting is in itself a very, variegated profession. Very different working for a big four firm than working for a mom-and-pop shop. And then you can work for a company as an accountant, as not, not do public accounting. Um, so there are many, many different, and you need to speak to people in different areas because maybe you say public accounting is not for me the hours can be crazy but maybe being an accountant for a big corporation where the hours are more often more normal might be fine so you need to speak to a lot of different as many people as possible in your shul in your neighborhood wherever you can find them family Mishbacha, friends Uh, who are in different areas to get their sense of what the career is like, what skills does it call upon, do they enjoy it, don't they enjoy it, what's the work environment like and work environment is very important by the way, you know, who's your ever going to be? I mean assuming we all go back to the office, you know, if you're going to be a bunch of colleagues whose values and lifestyle are antithetical to what you think is important and may make you very uncomfortable. So these are all questions that need to be negotiated so that's one technique, you interview as many accountants and as many psychologists as you possibly, or doctors, or dentists, or lawyers, or whatever it is. Um, and then you try to spend time shadowing, they call it, uh, people in different fields, like go to the office, see what it's like, what's the work like, and many employers, many uh, folks will be perfectly okay with that, so you get a firsthand sense of what it's like. Um, So that's another very, very valuable practical means of helping you figure out what career to choose, keeping in mind the larger theoretical framework I mentioned. Uh, And then finally, there are internships, which are much more extensive. So you spend a summer in an accounting uh, shop, spend a summer trying to work with a psychologist in a certain area, or a doctor or what have you, physician or dentist. And if you intern, and and by the way, like medical school, dental schools, they require that. PA. They were quite. Uh, they were yes. You need to spend time shadowing. They call it a physician, uh, in different contexts. So uh, they're onto something. Mm-hmm. They're onto it for their own mm-hmm. reasons. They want to make sure that you are, you know, what's involved, so you are a suitable fit. I mean, if you never shadowed a doctor, you may discover that you faint at the first slightest sight of blood. So that's not a great career for you. Uh, you know, physicians are, are very. I mean, being. Not all specialties, but the training is very physical. You're doing physical things to physical human beings, and you need to be comfortable with that. Physical therapy, you're moving people around, and you're, you know, you've got to be comfortable with that. So you need to um, see it and then actually try it to the extent that you can to make sure you're comfortable with it, and it works for you. Um, so, those are very practical considerations. We at Lander, we offer mentorships, alumni, alumni mentorships, so you can be mentored by an alumnus in your field of choice. They can give you a lot of practical advice. We have a career night, as you know, we bring alumni in many different fields. You can hear about um, their perspectives as they've gone through the Lander experience. So we. we at the institution offer many different vehicles for working this out. We have a great career services director, Mrs. Jody Smolin, Uh, maybe you'll interview her at some point. But in any case, we have lots of resources internal to the school, and those are very valuable. And that's with respect to the practical side. But the theoretical side, you need, you, I mean any student, needs to keep those four factors in mind. Uh, think about them a lot because it requires introspection. And then consult with a wise person. Uh, a Rebbe, if you have a Rebbe you're close to who was a wise person, or a professor, or a dean, or somebody whom you feel has the wisdom, and the practical wisdom, and the insight to help you negotiate how you balance those four different factors. I do my best. I've
0: been there many